Hi, I'm Shubham. And I'm Prashanto. And together we are the founders of Kappa X. You have to get your hands dirty. Uh, you can't do a startup with a corporate mindset. When people tell me that I can't do something, I will do whatever it takes to prove them. Life mein na do tarah se compensate hote ho aap. Uh, one is your earning and one is your learning. Fundamental each has always been khud karo. I'm your host Akshay Dutt and you're listening to Spotlight, a podcast in which I speak to disruptive startup founders. Interaction is the holy grail of digital engagement. That's the reason why you see so many websites opting to use chatbots instead of boring forms to get customers to leave their information. Chatbots typically follow a journey. The customer is required to give some inputs based on which the chatbot prints the next set of sentences. Now imagine if you could create the same journey for a customer using video instead of a chatbot. Imagine going to the ICICI Bank's website and interacting with a video avatar of Amitabh Bachchan. This is not science fiction but already a reality thanks to an innovative product called Kappa by Hyperstate. In this episode of the Founder Thesis podcast, Akshay Dutt talks to the founders of Hyperstate, Prashanto Das and Shubham Chauhan about how they are disrupting the traditional passive digital advertising market. It's a treadmill. You, it, the day you stop running, the money starts drying up. Yeah. So you, so I started asking the question. So what if I make ten thousand videos? Okay. So what if five five more home chefs become famous, or five more? If what? So what if I get a hundred thousand more creators around the world? And I'm talking about mind-boggling numbers. I had built a network that was doing 3.1 billion hours a month. That is one fifth of Star Plus in India at that point of time. When you talk about the scale and depth of it, right? But so what? Then you realize that none of this, the platform, is not owned by me. The content, the creativity, and the challenge because, and I'm only a facilitator, and only I'm only a facilitator in the middle. But and I will have a shelf life. So how do you build? life beyond that so and i walked out and that's the and that was about the time that shubham and i met at a hackathon so shubham uh, over to you like like tell me about your journey till you met prashant had just started a course called entrepreneurship 101 or 201 or something that's like they will train you to be an entrepreneur it was so extensive that they will ask you to literally create a startup in the class present your business plan present your business and it was designed by raj jaswa uh, initially uh he was serial entrepreneur and uh did couple of companies ipos in us and all so he came and he used to give lots of fundas and all and that's when everyone is like convinced yaar ab to startup hi karne ka hai aur kuch to karna hi nahi hai and usi year mein we happened to enroll into this eureka which pd was talking about in 2050 pd went in 2012 i think we also enrolled there i think we had finished five, we have, we were the finalist in eureka second runner up over there that's when we met a lot of vcs they're like floating around giving us cards and saying why don't you come talk to us and all and till then we only had presentation we till it was nothing the product was not there the company was not there we were just like couple of college kids had something in mind and we just presented and we went to present and one of the uh, one of the guy gave us grants is like ppt acha bana lete ho why don't you go and try it out uh, we actually did that build product for one year it was a sentiment analysis system in 2015 using like like say facebook text like parsing text on facebook parsing text it was completely text based and the idea was to augment it with your second screen what is second screen when you watch any kind of sport 
तो यू हैव दीज रिएक्शन अबाउट द इवेंट्स दैट हैपन इन साइड इट राइट एंड वाइल यूर वॉचिंग द स्टॉप फॉर दोज इवेंट्स एंड इमोशन यू विल गो टू द सोशल मीडिया दैट्स योर सेकेंड स्क्रीन एक्सपीरियंस वी सेट दिस बिहेवियर इज परमानेंट एंड इट इज ऑलवेज हैपनिंग इन ट्वेंटी फिफ्टीन ट्वेंटी सिक्सटीन पीपल आर अकस्टम टू दिस बिहेवियर हाउ अबाउट वी स्टार्ट टू सर्फेस दिस इन्फॉर्मेशन इन साइड द वीडियो इट सेल्फ वेन द ब्रॉडकास्ट इज हैपनिंग एंड वी सेट ओके वॉट डू वी सर्फेस लाइक इट कैन बी एनी इन्फॉर्मेशन राइट आई कैन चेक प्लेयर्स इन्फॉर्मेशन स्टार्ट एंड एवरी वी सेट वील स्टार्ट विद द पब्लिक इमोशंस We'll start with how people feel about this particular. Event. So the technology that we had built in the backend is you give it any sort of event that has happened in last thirty days, and around those events, it will give you the emotional breakup, entity analysis, all those things. And by the time we fourth year, it was the placement year. And if you are someone who has done some startups and you've got some technology, you could develop. placements are a piece of cake for you and that's when we had another twist all of us are like no we are not going to do placement we'll just do startup and we were the only uh, three to four people who never had any kind of placement registrations in iit bomb imagine a class of talk about being a outlier there out of 1000 people only four people are like no we are confident now hum kar lenge yes <laughs> thanks for no thanks <laughs> and right after when you reject rejected placements after 1.5 months we are like we're not working on the startup anymore now we have to figure out what to do with the life so me and my friend we were building couple of products we had sold lot of products as well in the middle because with all that experience at least one thing came out is that we all of us understood how to build digital products and that's when i, I think one 1.5 month later only i met pd and it, it was like okay karna hai to koi achhe team bana ke and let's start something big this time and like what was i mean so when you guys met what was like the idea then bubbled up and made you both feel ke ha ye karte oh, i mean there was no idea actually so when both of you were like ke yaar kuch karna hai ha at you met actually well let me add to that so there was also a meeting of the minds and you know that where apni you know entrepreneurship school se nikal raha tha where you had created an exit and uh, i'd got an exit out and i'd also come from did you like did you sell your stake to the other co-founders yeah yeah of course I, to the to the investors and the co-founders so i sold and i think uh, they got in a new investor so i so i passed so i got an exit was it significant oh yeah oh yeah so I was coming from this NLP and AI background, saying I'm going to do some sort of AI kind of a thing in the future, and that's when we had also built some good sort of IP and everything. We were confident that we can build some good kind of products out of it. We had by the college startup IP, we had sold it to one of the early early backer. That they had one of they have one of the MNC in Mumbai, and now they are using that IP for their internal and external answers uh, of the day. It's an it's a health healthcare startup, healthcare company. So uh, I was pretty confident that there's a value to be made in this particular thing. It's just that it has to be packaged better, and there has to be some better mind other than me who can monetize it better. Uh, so and that's when uh, one of our co-founder Harsha was also there. We said there's another thing that is coming along that is vernacular languages. I mean, you've got this geo effect. Everyone is on the internet. You got the people on the internet who are using smartphone for the first time they've skipped the whole email era before this they've skipped everything and when they come down to the internet for the first time they are showing very different kind of behavior at the same time you had this share chat coming in from iit kanpur right just catering to that segment we also realized we have made good enough models where the computer can understand the sentences that that you write can we not do it via speech and can we not do it in different languages like detecting hindi detecting your accents and uh, can we not convert almost all of your websites into 
or can we not create a Alexa for website and put it on different web pages, sell it as a SaaS model? That was the initial idea. And we were pretty good at it. As I said, when we had developed almost all the things in place and we had deployed a couple of first early demos to a couple of brands and then came in the early numbers. Early numbers were like, it's not at all about the technology or the voice thing that we are building. The other guy, the guy in front of you doesn't even want to interact with a bot. And it has nothing to do with us. It's just that the bots have been bastardized with the by the whole industry so far. And that's when you're like, okay, so we are focusing on the wrong thing. We have not been focusing on the end user experience. We are just focusing on the backend efficiency and the creation efficiency and all these things. We shifted that focus. We said, if we were to make this interesting and interesting for masses, I'm not talking about you as a knowledge worker who can just go and read about, let's say, 1500 words instantly. No, we're talking about masses. How do we keep them engaged onto some information and how they make it relevant to them? That's when you know, we turned towards video. They said video itself is a medium, has everything inside it. And if we look around, almost everyone spends 90% of their time on videos today. That's when also you had the same pattern. Even we were hooked onto the video. We had Netflix, we had Prime, we've got YouTube where we were just doing bite-sized content and all. So let's take it and try to turn it into a format where I can engage with it. Like I can ask for an information from this guy instead of me going to a website and try to figure out what happens inside it. How about just I ask the video? That's when we started using it. Which is what IBM created, like IBM also had something like this, no? where you could talk to a video avatar. Oh, so IBM has something called Watson. Watson is your NLP engine. IBM or I think lots of other big tech companies have tried to do this avatar generation. At the back end, you still have the same NLP technology, but in the front, the thing that you're seeing is not, is a human kind of interface. So, but the thing is, you cannot render that human in real time on your devices. Like this is my phone. If I were to do this, this phone will spend at least five to 10 hours to render two, three seconds of that real time of interaction. So anyway, you're going to pre-render these videos on some server behind, and then eventually you will put this video in front of the user. Instead, how about we just use, start to use our recorded videos? Those are better quality. You see human and it literally feels like you're talking to a user. It's like, like the way I'm talking to you right now on a selfie video kind of a thing. You get a panel at the bottom, which says, ask a question. You click on it. It's, it gives you the pre-recorded questions that I can answer you. Click on a, one of them. I start to start instantly answer those answers. And then we started building these multiple stream, like saying, what if you want to talk to multiple avatars, what else, not just one video. And that's when you can select, let's say, if I'm talking to a bank customer service guy, I can switch the avatar instantly to the CEO of the bank, or I can switch it to the fellow customer. And I ask them this more relevant and contextual question where they can answer me better. It's more empathetic in nature. See, I, as a user who doesn't care about your technology, who just wants to get information and want to do it in a way where I myself can get myself engaged, which doesn't happen anymore with uh, the short attention span with the TikToks of the world. It's very hard to keep your user engaged on the website with just text content. So this is like a video version of a chatbot. Yes, yes. That's how it's started. I have a question here. Like in chatbot, you... Can, I mean, you can generate any kind of text because there is no computation needed to generate text. So, but in video, do you need to, uh, have you built that technology which can generate any answer or are these scripted answers and the program will figure out what is the scripted answer I play to answer this question? There are two ways to it. I mean, see that we already have the tech where I can literally generate answer for you and give it to you, but the brands do not prefer it. The fact that we still have those coded bots where they can just give you five answers because brands don't want to get in that uncertain area where the bot is just saying something which no one can control. So so the auto-generated answer is a no-go for the brands, any kind of brand solution. But you have that technology to have a video 
speak like you could have a video of amitabh bachchan speaking any answer which is generated on the fly and it's not a scripted recorded not in that way that's a that's a synthetic video yeah it's more like you have a pre-recorded video all the things that are there inside the video they are shown to you and then if you query something extra it will not masquerade itself that it is coming out of the video it will just tell you that okay this is an extra information and then we are throwing it out as a text or a voice to you it will not try to manipulate the avatar inside the video for you because it simply takes the quality away out of it that would need massive computational resources also no to do that kind of absolutely and even the companies that are doing it right now they are also like pre-rendering these videos and then sending it out as in mp4 format to everyone no one is trying to do real time generation but it evolved i must give an anecdote out here rais ka dialogue hai bane ka dimag mia bhai ki dairy aur id bombay ki bhai you have all three competitions you will have a good tech product coming out right you know it was very funny because when we had a, this was 2000 december 2018 is when we took a call saying yaar ye this is not going to work the audio thing there's no failure on app like shubham was saying and we got an opportunity to present an idea at nascom product conclave in december 2019 now we had built the first prototype and i remember we went there at the first outside prototype of this video this first very early scratch thing saying and the problem it would solve is key saying that it would make your video more engaging See again understand I come from a video background so I understood the video ka problems and and all of that and, and and we could Shubham was coming from the technology and all of that and we was we know we were grappling onto something and he said ki wait 2 hours before and this was at 9:30 we were had the stalls about to open and all 9 baje tak Shubham Harsha and team were still coding mere 20 saal ka naam on the line Shubham ye chalega kya kitab pata nahi that is what is called the best products have made it at the last minute panic so this was last minute panic just because we had an audience and we wanted to show we had an idea we wanted to put it out but the good part was that we put it out we realized that there is a value for what we are saying and then we also realized that people already are sitting on tons of videos no video is that cockroach that has not died like it was a film then it became tv then it became digital video then it became dvd at some end, and it will always exist right so that that is a medium that people are already invested in like tons of money has poured been poured into that if you can use that as a challenge now and move then you can really solve brand problems and that's when we started realizing that's when we started realizing that engagement is the smallest problem that could there are far larger biggest bigger business problems that we could solve and that is what the, that's when we built kappa and kappa what you see kappax.io is the website if you go to the website kappax.io what we built it's complex tech made very simple complex and i'm extremely proud of what we've done this and we are extremely proud of what we built it's extremely you know, complex tech which is it manipulates videos existing videos in minutes you're building experiences that audiences love and what is the value of that experience because the value of that experience is whatever the digital marketing parameters deliver today whatever and actually we delivered 10 to 25 times to 100 times over that's the value that we bring and that's only the value of the output the value you're building this all in minutes So there's one uh, somebody came to us and said, "Yeah, how much?" And like you said, no, Pele, you you would could you could build bots and all. Similarly, if you build a interactive video, we realize it would take some uh, team 98 days and 78 people would have to interact with it to before it, a product goes out. Why? It's a because it's a process. You will give an idea, then I'll write it down, then I'll do it, then I'll do it, and I'll do it. Even with existing stuff and all, it's not possible. We realize that the same thing could be executed with our product Kappa in less than 48 hours. and with three people but uh, b- before we come to like a commercial commercialization i, I want to understand what 
exactly you went further, like before we talk about how you commercialized it. So I'll give you the simple answer and Shubham will give you a technology-led answer. The simple answer is we have unlocked the video metaverse. Why do we call it the video metaverse? See, what is the f- metaverse for us is a world that exists. We all have our own personal metaverses the day we were born. And when you look at the video, it's a great storytelling tool. Now, if you put your audience at the center of it, the customer at the center of it, all answers become clear. People already knew how to build videos. How do you build over it? How do you add a layer over it is what we wanted. You know, everybody in the world has to become a 3D guy and he has to start building 3D things, right? But we see challenges in terms of hardware. And there is, that is still some time off. So, Pidi, I explained the what part of it. I think let me explain the how part of it. And this is again from connecting the with the bot wala thing that we were building. We said, okay, let's talk about the creation experience again. And who can create these experiences? We are talking about some great interactive experiences. We are talking about you will be immersed into it and then eventually you will be able to enjoy it. There's going to be delight out of it. But who will create it? Like, how is it going to mate? Today, all the creators are putting infinite, like, some good amount of effort in producing just one 30 second video or 60 second video. I'm sure you know about this everything, right? But now I'm talking about adding extra, doing some sort of coding on top of that content and then putting it out in front of the user. That's like something that no one is going to do. So we have to figure out something that eases out that process. It makes it so easy that anyone can do it. That's the initial stage. That's the first constraint that we put on ourselves. Saying it has to be so easy that anyone can do it. And the second thing is, we have to equip the user of our product to create delight. If they cannot delight, then if they cannot create delight, then they sh- better not use Kappa. They should just go and use some other product or just stay with the video medium. It's not so bad, actually. Okay. That's when we created this no code platform where now our users can write English statements, English imperative statements to tell the system what they want it to do. You can say, when time equal to five seconds, show the Wikipedia profile of this user. Now, who is this user? This is the guy who is talking right now at five seconds. Or you can say, when this video is paused, always show an overlay on the right side, which will talk about the sponsor product. English statements. You can write, when someone writes a valid email, save this email and show it to, my, show it to me on my dashboard. The way I'm saying it, that's the way you would write it. It's the it's a language of your thought. It's not some new syntax. It's not some coding that you're going to. And, and the power is when you start to combine these actions, when you chain them together, you end up with something that is completely interactive in nature and you are suddenly taking the end viewer. They're calling them viewer because earlier they were just watching the video. You're converting them into a player. They're now going through a journey with you. And now they're engaging and moving forward and choosing and discovering their own journey. It can very well be a film. It can be a commercial. It can be a podcast as well. There's no denying in that. And suddenly you have unlocked a machine to generate new kind of formats. Like why is it that we only have feed as a format for content or let's say TikTok as a format or stories as a format. Can I not create my own content format which is in context with the content that I'm producing? Like if today I'm I'm going to talk about let's say wildlife, then my whole interface should be about wildlife. Life. It should have features about wildlife and all those features should also be equipped with information about wildlife and they should take me through a journey about wildlife, not just about a like button at the bottom of it. That's the whole idea behind it. So so the traditional way of video is linear and you record something that we discussed and then we discussed about chatbots and how they can understand and answer questions and respond accordingly. And then what you made at the core was like a video chatbot kind of a product where different scripted re-recorded videos could be played based on user inputs um, that's a, that's where we started that's a start right right right, yeah. right now and then this is something which normally might have needed someone technically savvy so then you made it no code so that anybody can 
create this user experience without needing to know how to code so that they can create options for users to select or they can ask users questions and then record the answer and so on and so forth. And they, so they can do their storyboarding and execute it without needing technical knowledge, like a no-code kind of a platform. Absolutely. Uh, am I right so far? Yeah, you're perfectly right. And we, we literally call it a no-code platform. Kappa is a tool set that enables you with all these kind of new kind of creation that are non-traditional in nature, that are not your upload and forget kind of a platform where you go and you customize it. It's like a, you used to customize this MySpace profile in the past, right? Same way you customize your now videos and experiences inside those videos. But the story doesn't stop there. I mean, when now, when we talk about Kappa, especially when we not show it to anyone, they're like, okay, Canva for videos or Figma for videos or Webflow for videos. And you've got different analogies out there. But, but what people fail to understand, especially the first time ones is, the kind of thought process you are putting in these kind of experiences completely different than the other rasterized formats that you're making like videos and images or even the audio files. Why? Because now you're imagining end user journey. Every time you put a button, there's an uncertainty that someone is going to click on it and you have to write what will happen when someone clicks on this, right? And since you are responsible for this and since there's an interactivity, there's going to be different amount of data that will be generated out of it. Like earlier, when I was watching your podcast, the insight that you would get out of it is what is the average time spent and how many people have watched it. And if you can track my basic IP and all, you can see location and everything else, the basic analytics, right? But now since you have converted the same content into an engaging format, you have put in, let's say, five to 10 different engaging hotspots or buttons that take you in and out of the journey. Now you have different insights. Now you know more about the end user. You probably know even without knowing me, all of my preferences about your stories or my favorite color, everything else, or my car preferences, model preferences. Now, this data is something that we collect and we aggregate, anonymize, you know, puts it in, put it into a, okay, this is a very insightful dashboard. So you take these insights and put it in front of the end consumer, customer, brand, whosoever is using Kappa. And that's when the actual wow comes in. The wow is not in creation. The wow is in, in, in the insight. What you learn about the audience. What is the behavior that they are telling you? And the best part is once you understand this behavior, again, making changes or evolving this behavior that they are seeing is not again a high stake action. It's a low stake action. Go back again, do some iteration and flip flip the publish button. You are back online with a new thing. That is Kappa in itself. Got it. Okay. So where does, this is obviously not a YouTube video because YouTube does not support interactivity. So there's something which you embed in your own website, like your, your a brand would embed on its website for the people who land up on the brand. Like you could have some sort of a, link on let's say a Facebook ad like say interested in a test drive uh, kind of a link and someone clicks that and he reaches a brand page where there is a video which is saying hey you want to check out one of our latest models which car are you interested in and then based on what you respond it straight away then next plays the video of that car and says which color are you interested in and like that and therefore for a customer it is better than a form like if you lead, if you land on a page where there is a form where you have to select car model, car color, and so on and so on, instead of that, there's a video which is get, getting this information. And then this information is presented to the brand so that the brand knows, okay, this is the most popular model for this ad. Like I, I ran a, a campaign on Facebook and in that campaign, most people preferred this model, this color. And 
most people actually ended up booking a test drive or very few people actually booked a test drive, whatever insights. So all of that becomes available to a brand, which is something for which a brand doesn't necessarily need to get a coder to build this for them, but it's as easy as building a Google form for them. So let me take the first part. So yeah, actually, yes and no. Some of the methods that you've said is what you're doing. And also to, to that one more mix that I would add is that you can also disseminate it as via Google ad engines as a programmatic ad, programmatic interactive ad. This is also dissemination. But the first part is also is absolutely right. Where brands have their own, they're already so heavily invested into their own channels. They have built their own audiences, their things. What happens when they come to a website? The information is so, so spread across their own website channels and things and all. How do you make you, when you talk customer, when you think about your customer, what do you want him to do here? You want to make sure that everything that you want to want him to have to make a decision now. Fatafat grow. The changing websites is a mother of a job. It's not possible to change websites overnight. But inserting a kappa like of an experience, building it in one day, like Shubham said, make, making it a low-stake action and putting it on your own channels and using it via social channels in order to promote is a very low-stake action. for anybody. Because now all the traffic that's coming to your site or it's coming to your experiences, what is the value that you want out of? The understanding is right, right? that the journey is somewhere you will discover the link somewhere and it can be social, it can be your personal DM, anything. Once you tap on that, you land, land that destination and that's where all the engagement happens. That's one of the way and that's the primary way. And other things that we have figured which are like large enterprises are doing like taking them as an interactive ad, putting out to different publishers and OTTs and that's where the consumption is happening. Like what, give me an example, what kind of publisher? I imagine you are watching a video and a pre-roll ad comes in, shows you the video and asks you to interact with it. And what publisher, like which publisher is currently allowing this? Oh, we are talking about almost all the major publishing sites in India, like TUI to the Hindu and all. Uh, everyone where there's a in video inventory, you would find these Kappa ads running. And then you have OTTs also, right? Yeah, you've got OTTs. I mean, all the OTTs that support ads also are running Kappa formats on top of these. Like Hotstar. If you have not checked Hotstar uh, yeah. in terms of... Z5 for sure. Z5, Google uh, Ad Engine. Yeah. yeah, Google Ad Engine works in its own manner. So if you target your users that are on Hotstar, I'm sure... It should be able to see. Other thing that we have seen is like Food, Z5, MX Player. These things we have seen. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. But I have a question here. These, all these platforms which have a video ad inventory, they would require that ad to come through Google. Like, like Google would be the intermediary, like uh, a brand, like say if I'm a, let's say Cadbury or Maruti or whatever, I would go to Google and run a campaign and then Google would then feed it to all of these, like Times of India, Hindu or Hotstar or Z5 with all of these. Like, is that how it happens? Yes, yes. Let me just put it in a framework terms. You've got Kappa. That's where you are building your experience. Now you need some sort of distribution engine that will take it everywhere, right? Kappa doesn't do that. We are not in that business. You've got, it's a red ocean out there. You've got infinite players. Google is one of them. You use their Google DB360 and say, this is, these are the people, this is my inventory, target them and run that. Same way you can go to, uh, let's say, Media Math or you can go to InMovie or any other DSP per se. 
and target the same inventory. DSP stands for demand side platform. That's where advertiser goes and creates their campaigns by putting in. And so when you go to a DSP and you run a campaign, do you need to upload a video file or do you need to give some sort of a like an address that the video file resides on this address and you have to stream it from here? How do you do it when you go to these platforms? You give that Kappa address. So whenever you publish your project, Kappa will generate certain URLs. If your ad account, if your Kappa account supports ad or not, then you can just go and put it over there. It will start picking it up. All the heavy lifting is done at the back end. So no other format or coding that needs to be done in the middle. Okay. Now, when Google now will go to these platforms, Hindu, Times of India, Z5, and tell them, okay, this meets the campaign criteria. So I'm going to run this ad from Cadbury, which is getting delivered through Kappa, right? Through the Kappa address. Wouldn't there be a constraint that they would probably just be a video player like their codec would not support interactivity? Like That's a valid question. And actually, there's a scenario where no other player in the world has what Kappa can do, right? The code doesn't reside in those players. So what happens is those players call Kappa and tell you, give me all the things that are required to run this thing. And then that's when Kappa says, okay, here's the video file, but here's the extra libraries that you need. Take it and start running that. That's how the whole communication works. But does that Hindustan Times or POI or Z5 platform send you back what was clicked? Because this is an interactive video. So you need the data of what did he choose. And there might be, which model do you want? And there are three names there and he clicked on one name. That data then needs to come back to you. And then you need to send back a different file to stream after that. No, we do not. So once the session has started, the ad session has started, everything is in Kappa's control. So when you click on something, when you do anything, the analytics part, the serving part, everything is in the realm of Kappa. That's where the TUI or any other, the saying for the namesake, but any publisher does not interfere in that. That's basically the protocol between ad systems. The way ad systems work is that when an ad is being streamed, then at that time, the publisher is kind of doing a handover to some server which is streaming the ad. And... That server is Kappa server. Therefore, you are able to register what was clicked and then play the appropriate video after. Yeah, absolutely. Publisher's work is, here's the ad slot, fill something inside it. Putting it in lane terms, but this is what the whole system does. I have a slot, someone come and fill it. And Google says, okay, yeah, I have uh, this thing. How about you? Tells Kappa, how about you go and fill it up? Kappa goes in and just uh, starts doing what it does. That's it. Th th there's no, actually, this is how ad system and. I think this is the good part of it, which allows the interoperability between multiple parties that exist in a tech ecosystem. But most ads have a button in it, now, like after five seconds, you can skip. Yeah. Right. So here also, yeah. Have it. Okay. So here, th that Kappa ad will also have that button and after five yeah, seconds, yeah. you can skip. Yeah. yeah. And I I'm still wondering whether that is this like an easy thing to do to build interactivity for a person to click stuff on a running video because do all browsers support it like you can click on top of a video or do you put some sort of a layer on top of a video where you're clickable i mean kind of want to get into the nuts and bolts of this technology of how you make it interactive while you're serving it because you're serving it across platforms and i would have assumed that there's just like a video codec or something like that, which just plays a video. So, so how does that interactivity mm -hmm. become enabled across all platforms? Okay, so let me talk in terms of mental model again. The way you should imagine Kappa is as a container. That container is going to house your multimedia inside it. It can be videos, images, text. You just 
dump it inside and you tell the container that this is the relation between them and this if you click on this guy this is how it impacts the other guy all right this whole container gets shipped out as an interactive ad so when you try to click on a video you're not essentially clicking on the video you're telling the container that i have clicked here what do i need to do and the container says oh yeah this is the logic that my creator had written how about you go and execute this thing this is how it works you're not essentially uh, clicking on the we, we do not interfere with the codex or the way you have what should i say mm, there's a word to it the way you package your videos na, into this bytes we do not interfere with that for us also it's just a media file like hls file or a streamable file or something we take it and then we orchestrate it with different media elements button is also an element for us and that's when you write those english statements saying when some clicks on this do these three things that's the relationship that you have written in front of them what goes inside it what goes inside the video still the kappa system is not aware of it it is just aware of the metadata around it and all the things that you have tagged it with that, that's okay. how it works yeah. and akshay let me add to this having said that the well, we take the pains of saying that kappa is not an ad tech platform kappa is not a martech platform so we, we built a framework for building interactive experiences videos is where you're unlocking it and, and also you asked that question on the browser thing but this is again like a uh, uh, bit of a uh, brag so it's not like people have not tried building interactive videos really, i want to say this so, so akshay have you tried editing videos online anywhere inside editor have you tried any tool uh, canva which is not great for videos but it, there's a tool called movely i've tried that huh. in the browser go and try putting out let's say three to four videos on the artboard and try you know play them try editing them you would realize that whenever you resize or whenever you do any sort of action those editors lag they lag it to a level after you know putting three to four buttons you're like nahi yaar yahan pe editing nahi karta hu let me go to my final cut pro or something yeah. with kappa you can go up to 10000 elements and your frame rate will still be 60 fps that's a performance we have seen this performance somewhere else as well that is figma which is for vector design but for handling media formats these many elements and manipulating them in real time while you someone is clicking and all has never been done this is the industry first and this is the main challenge also while you are building these kind of products and that vectors is something that yeah. vectors is something that your html canvas supports by default but these things take a toll on media formats that we are talking about or especially the videos and multiple media files orchestration take a toll on this browser you got only one javascript thread and when you try to overload it you try to miss things out there's a drop in frame rates there's a drop in execution there's a drop in events that you want the javascript to do all those things happen balancing them together and building a performance system is mother of a job that's the first hurdle that we had to solve while building kappa and that's the basis of kappa i mean if we had not solved that problem i think kappa wouldn't have been possible and every one else who is also trying to solve this problem have just skipped it and they have jumped ahead and now they cannot scale it it's just it's a nature of this particular product can you do everything on kappa that you can do on final cut pro not at all not at all i mean final cut pro no. okay what is the difference see final cut pro and all these are all meant to be editing systems so editing system there i think they are most fantastic editing systems they would explain to me as a layman what is it that a final cut pro can do and what is it that a kappa can do like what is the difference yeah so you can edit things sequentially and you can build a linear video you can build a scene 1 scene 2 scene 3 scene 4 scene 5 scene 7 scene it that is what you could do in normal editors offline what shubham was talking about normal editors online 
even to build a scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, you have hundreds of scenes together, right? And what if you have to fill, put all of these together? If you put, try and play four or five of these at the same time or resize or do something, place all of that, browser can actually, it's heavy duty. So many video files are streaming and all of that. With Kappa, with Kappa, the, the advantage is you cannot do that. But if you play, even if you were to play five files, six files, 16 files together, it will not crash. 10,000 elements. We have seen elements. When we say what is an element, your video is one element. A button, a text, a call out. Two, two text is an element. So 15, 20, 30 elements is what maximum people have gone for it to go easy, right? Ma maximum we have seen. And where we have seen people only working with one video. Nobody's done doing multiple streams within one video, right? We've done something with large manufacturer like Mercedes who had 12 videos playing as a single experience. And if you count the elements and all itself, that would have gone to 600 plus. In that scenario also, and all of that playing smoothly in your browser environment, in your ad environment, in this environment, where the customer doesn't have to worry. He's just put it out. He's not. That is the shift in technology. It's like what you, it's like, how would you compare Tesla has built a rocket that goes up comes and parks itself down and says, now you can do it. That's the level of, that's what engineering does. That's the kind of engineering that you've done. You don't have to worry about things. You just know that you're traveling on a bridge. You don't, you, how that bridge was built, how smoothly it works is now being taken out of the equation. Otherwise, see, it's the same question what Shubham was also saying. Uh, let me come back to you, Shubham. So, so like, w what is the difference between Falcon Pro and Kappa? If you see any Adobe tool, let's say, the output is a rasterized format, like image or a video. And eventually in those tools, what you're doing is you're doing pixel manipulation. In Photoshop, I'm doing pixel manipulation. When I'm in Illustrator, when I'm creating these vectors and everything, I'm doing pixel manipulation. While I'm doing video, I'm doing composition in Adobe After Effects, I'm doing pixel manipulation. Okay. So pixel is the shade of light. Yes. So you can remove it. You can change the color. You can make it dark, bright. You can make it dip or you can give it visual effects. Uh, all of that is pixel manipulation. Absolutely. Even in Canva, when I'm doing all these things and generating an image, I'm doing pixel manipulation, but Canva has done all the heavy lifting, saying, I'm just going to give you templates. Don't do pixel manipulation. I'm going to give you beautiful things and all. Right. Okay. So that is Final Cut Pro, pixel manipulation. That is its core purpose. Core okay. thing. Yeah. And based on what you're trying to make, if you're trying to make video, then the video editor, let's say Adobe After it, it will give you those timelines and it will give you extra features because... That's what it is supposed to do. It makes it, it makes your life easier. extra features? Like, like timeline. Like if pixel manipulation was just, just the motive, Microsoft Paint is also a good software. It's not a bad software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Microsoft Paint is static. Uh, yes. Well, this is like across a 10-minute video, it lets you do pixel manipulation. Take Absolutely. Yeah. So now when it comes to Kappa, Kappa says, I'm going to let you do orchestration is, I'm not going to touch your pixels. Okay. They're going to remain the same. What I'm going to let you do is, if you create, let's say, one video and then you create a button around it, or you put a card there, or you put any element, I'm going to let you define relationship between these two. And this relationship is going to get triggered with respect to time. Let's say when time equal to five, show me a product and give me all the details. And also, let's say on the left side, give me an overlay or something. That's the relationship between that product and the video. While doing this, you have not manipulated any pixel. So, in nutshell, Kappa is not your alternate to FCP or let's say Adobe After Effects. Kappa is augmenting the output of those software and letting you create a new kind of experience out of it. And most HTML video editors are doing orchestration only. 
or are there also some which are trying to do pixel manipulation they are trying to do pixel manipulations as well but the good part is if you try to do pixel manipulation it's like when you start to do make a change it renders it and then you have a new version of that particular element right when you do it for a large file then you got the huge rendered version of it like videos and all with kappa since you are only doing orchestration you are just writing relationship then rendering is out of the way finally it's the same container that will get shipped out to the end user so no wait time and anything else and then after that in the orchestration when you are putting multiple elements that's where you have to do performance optimization like five element tail element you just have to ensure that when these elements become large because the reason that you cannot just ship your adobe after effects file you have to rasterize it because the file is huge the manipulation is here rasterize what is that flatten okay. flatten flat if you got 10 layers hmm. i'll render so, them into yeah. one video for you it's encoding right yeah, let me add to that it's simple aaj ke din na akshay when you send out a file when you say when you and i think you said how many other online video players are doing manipulation not actually none video editors are not meant for manipulation they are only meant for pixel manipulation they are not meant for orchestration so nobody is orchestrating things right orchestration is very sequential what is the effect of orchestration or effect of orchestration is when you now work in layers you're transporting it as layers your audience is now interacting with layers your audience is now saying that and in terms of time it's not a b c d e f g h scene 1 scene 2 scene 3 scene 4 as an audience i can come and say scene 5 first then scene 2 then scene 1 that so i understood that that is like the core of what kapoor is so that your story your time your platform that's the way you would want to do it yeah so you have built a video version of a chatbot kind of a customer engagement product in which the orchestration is one big technical challenge which you were talking about that you solved it otherwise doing orchestration through html on a website is extremely difficult does your platform also do resizing because every publisher might have a different format na like someone might have like tiktok has those videos which are vertical in nature and youtube has horizontal videos so so does that also get handled by your platform yes at some level it it is handled at the platform because those are the i think uh, the primary features that are required by everyone but beyond that any kind of video manipulation is not there it's more of an orchestration around video with other things not just we don't go inside the video it's video with other things like but resizing is a hard problem na kyunki usme human judgment chahiye hoti hai एटलीस्ट इन अ मोर ट्रेडिशनल फॉर्मेट कि मैं क्या कार्टून क्या रखू मेरा फोकस किस पे होना चाहिए तो हाउ डू यू मैनेज रिसाइजिंग ओके हैवन थॉट ऑफ इट इन दिस मैनर एक्चुअली सो फ्रॉम कापास परस्पेक्टिव एम टॉकिंग यू आर पुटिंग योर वीडियो एंड दैट्स वेन यू सेंग ऑन दिस टाइम स्टैम टू दिस टाइम स्टैम इट इज गुड फॉर मी रेस्ट इज नॉट फाइन फॉर मी तो यू गॉट यू गॉट अ बटन कॉल वेन आई रीच फाइव सेकेंड skip to the 15 second that way middle 10 seconds are off by doing this you have not really you have not cut down the video anywhere you're not trippy trimming it or you're not shortening it you're just saying when i say resize i am talking of dimensions oh it is dimension is pretty easy no so in our scenario you just drag it and it is resized and since we we are never going to rasterize it or render it it just remains there resizing is literally a drag for us so like there'll be a frame you can drag the part of the video you want visible inside the frame yes that's all and or if you want you can mask it with the different layer on top of it saying this is the part i want visible the rest of the part i'm going to turn off black it's like how should i say it it's 
10 second job and once you're done with it, you're also, you can go instantly live. You don't have to now render it as See, but this changing of dimension, the the brand needs to figure out what platform is going dimension jani and therefore create those multiple versions, like version for Twitter, version for LinkedIn, a version for TikTok. They, they need to do all of that. Yes, yes. They have to figure it out because, I mean, no matter what kind of automation algorithms you can build, these brand preferences, especially the brand guidelines and all, you cannot automate and especially when these things change over one month or two months it's not a something that you can learn as well max that you can do is you can give brand guidelines and you can give brand libraries which they can maintain and fasten the process of editing but you cannot take those decisions on their behalf that's what we have learned initially we were breaking our head saying how about we automate it but eventually we realized let's just leave it no brand manager is going to accept what you are editing that's 100 percent sure but or what the algorithms are editing like even the dimension change because that's not really a major thing for a brand. Na? Matlab, meko agar square ke badle rectangular video dikhana hai kisi platform mein. Matlab, in some platform the format is square, in another it's rectangular, in that rectangular is horizontal, in another it's a vertical rectangle. That you have to mention saying, I want my experience in these dimensions. Once you have mentioned it, that's where it stops. You don't have to do extra work. Kappa will resize it automatically. All those things are so you can, using AI, you can figure out what is the part to keep or is it just like the center part of it? Like well, what you cut out, uh, what you keep, if you were to say vertical rectangle. Ek square video mein vertical rectangle karna hai Okay, let's do it this way. I think it would have been better with a screen share. But let's say you've got a rectangle frame in front of you. Okay. Behind that frame, you've got a video. But the video is, sorry, the frame is square and behind that video, you've got a rectangle video. To fit the video inside this rectangle, you have two, you have two choices. Either you, while keeping the aspect ratio same, you just resize the whole thing and fit it inside so that on top and bottom, you've got black bars and all. Other part is, you go for crop. You say, you know, I'm going to take the left side of, like right now, you can just take the left side of my video and say, this is the part I want to. So what you will do is you will just, shift the video in the behind of the rectangle saying just put it on the right side do you also make it easy for the brand to do the storyboarding because this word uh, the storyboarding part of creating an uh, interactive video would in itself be a complex task for a brand to figure out that okay when a customer lands on my video i will first do a five second intro and then i'll ask him this question now this question can have three answers if it is answer one then i need a video here showing that and if it is answer two i need this video if it's answer three i need this video and then after answer one they would further i mean it'll keep spreading and maybe at the end of it they would need to make 12 snippets so so that storyboarding process of building an interactive video do you like help them to conceptualize that what all they need Okay, so there are two parts to it. I think first part is providing a tool chain where it is easy for you to do this storyboarding, which we have already given when I mean, you can go. On top of it, there's like some sort of imagination that kicks in saying what kind of experience you want to give to the end consumer or the user. That's where I think lots of expertise come in from how you can solve a certain problem using interactivity. Like I as a visual communicator, I can solve couple of your problems by putting things into the frame and changing something but I can do all the things visually for you for you for me to solve problems using interactivity I need to imagine the end user flow how they are going to do this so that's where some sort of UI UX capability come into the play the ones who design your user interfaces and that's where Figma also comes in the ones who understand that I think those are the ones 
can use Kappa very easily and they can get value out of it instantly as well. But uh, having said that, I think there's some sort of imagination that I think someone has to seed in. It can be us while we are talking about the product. It can be your agency. It can be some sort of some tech genius in your company that can assist you with all that. But it is not something that is a trade circuit or something. It is available ready. Almost there's a UI UX people and these and the web developers have perfected this art over the years, over the decades, saying how to make these experiences go. So let me understand now the go-to market of this. And Prashanto, maybe you can talk about how you took this product to the market. Did you first start with a beta one and then have some beta customers who were using it for free and then build it and then make it a paid SaaS? Or like, how did you do the go-to market? See, when we started off, what we were saying was too fantastic. So, and for us also, it meant testing everything that we were saying. The grandfather paradox, this paradox, that paradox, and going back to the drawing board 18 times, 20 times. But along the way, we also realized that this is, and it was also very important to know whether this will, does it have the potential to make money? Will people pay for it? Will people pay for it? So again, this is where gray hair comes in, which looks at all these questions first and says that the product building and all of this, how do you go hand it? So we built a MVP, then we started building a product. And then when we had this whole journey of COVID happening and during COVID, we realized that it's also an opportunity for us to talk to all these branded and all. And you, you had an MVP ready when COVID hit? So we had a, we had a working prototype, but it was, trust me, we, we, now when we look at, look bad. It was embarrassing. And it's not embarrassing. It did what it did. See, very simple problem. If you ask us, no, because see, when you go to uh, any of these tech product countries and all, everybody say, what's the single problem you solve? Pity, I will interrupt you. It was a beautiful PPT and a working URL. So you could show the customer that you can create videos like this. You had a demo video to tell them you can create a video like this. That we could do. And then with, uh, thankfully, and you, and you had a network with CMOs and marketing heads and people who would so, spread on this. So we had, so between me, uh, between me, Arun, who's our other co-founder, Arun was the CEO of Hindu and he was the revenue head at Hindu Sunday. So, and he was also my boss back in at, at UTV. So that's how we know. So uh, as we know, we knew fairly a lot of people. So okay, we started, we, and we started asking because we wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth saying, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? So while the product is, adoption is bottoms up, but the product that wow has to be from that. So we, we, we started doing that. Somewhere along the way, we started and we had an internal tool. Kappa was an internal tool. And and we started working with Okay, so, so you started as a service first. Okay, you give us your stuff and we'll convert it. No, so we always wanted, we would always help teams and different organizations to come together. Services, again, we were, I think one thing that we've been very clear, we've been very extremely, we've got to the other extreme of going and saying that we will never be a service company. We don't, we will be a product company, we will never be a service company. We are very sure of that. We have refused things where people have come and asked us. We said, we'll help you. No, but then what do you mean when you say that Kappa was an internal tool? Like So by internal tool, by we mean is you will overextend yourself in terms of support. All right. You have built something that only you can use. No one else can use. Okay. Initial. That's the first crappy version, right? Yeah. yeah that, that is always the case with version one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we would do is we... It is something that we are already using internally. Like left and right, our teams are able to create experiences. They're putting it out. They're looking beautiful as well. All was production quality, right? But then when we go outside, it's a final output that customers were interested in initially because the platform was not sick. Okay, so for quite some time, it remained an internal tool saying, Ki, we are going to use it ourselves. Okay, 
but we are going to ship it outside as a final end uh, thing that he'll going to give it you yeah, yeah like like we'll do it for you yeah yeah but once we give it to you you have an account and the moment you have an account you are an onboarded customer with us and you can edit it's edit and all so the initial days are like you will overextend in terms of support adoption and everything just to make it work and once it is working with someone then after that it's perfectly fine for you to scale all that go use it yourself will give you these tutorials do all those things and it took us a quite a lot of time because on the other hand we were balancing it with the go to market and the problems at hand and the, these problems were not really sort of like a development problem like you put more people into it and you have the solution no problems were literally product and technology level problems like what give me examples we'll go back to the drawing board and solve the problems where it works on every kind of browser and device until unless that is done until unless it works seamlessly on kind of browser you cannot ship it outside in all this while you are doing it pd comes in and says by this new big brand fortune 500 brand we have talked about them like it why don't we ship it that's the main and i'll tell you i'll give you an example okay it's and this, this is happened to us okay this is the first time you've done a product and nobody wants to put money on you to try it nobody wants to give you money day one so so somehow use my charm old world charm to say nahi nahi thode the paisa lagao wo sab karo and we worked with a large a very large brand a movie studio kind of thing and we put it out and and let me talk some numbers here right so you understand what happened so this was a large movie release and traditionally engagement rate that has been seen on videos and stuff is about 0.3% 0.4% 0.5% right and so we had done we had i think this was still a product where we had this was the market rate and anybody if you had touched even 1% or 1.5% no you would have been seen as god so we built something we put it out and this went out as an as a test ad and it played and we started and because it's the first time it's going out and everybody's crowding around to see ye kya hota hai kya hota hai first set of numbers start coming in okay 15 20 minutes and this played on like these news websites and all it played on not not new, so news website is not the analogy it plays on everything every media publisher any anybody who's a publisher it will play on this site there is no no version of not news is just an analogy saying traffic was the news but therefore we said news but any publisher so it would and so far the world has been used to seeing something where you would do it and two weeks later you will see a report ki hey, sir aapko performance aisa hai this is what is god and that's it here you are talking about real time performance we see the numbers and we see against the 0.4% we see an engagement rate of 59% 0.4% is what you get ratio 59% okay at for a moment we didn't know whether this was accurate and i you know at being hardcore product guys the first thing is apne system mein to leak nahi go and check and check and check and check and this is again not this is not also gameable because this is purely driven by human intent if in, intent is there people will do it but that is when we realize we are onto something pretty because i have these two add to this i have to add this <laughs> there are two three events in the middle where when we first saw the numbers i'm talking to pd and i'm also talking to harsha both of us sitting and like kitna engagement are uh, like 59% it took us one or two seconds to first realize that i'm talking 59% and not 0.59% and then after that <laughs> and and then after that harsha goes in i asked harsha ki you know bro is it possible like i don't know and when i heard it i said bug karo isko pure 
पहले चेक करना पूरे सिस्टम में क्या चल रहा है होल थिंग वट एवर वी हैव क्रिएटेड आर बी काउंटिंग इट राइट आर बी डबल काउंटिंग ट्रिपल काउंटिंग लेट्स ऑडिट द होल पाइप लाइन वी सेट देर फॉर वन और टू आवर्स Okay, we did the whole check. We also sent some test data and said, realized, okay, no, we are not doing any counting error. We are not doing any count. And when it comes to reporting, so now you are also these are the numbers that no one has heard of. Also, when you now go to the customer and said, this is fifty nine percent, that guy is going to like show me how you are counting. I don't, I cannot believe this because in my analytics, I have always been seeing point two decibels and all. That's when things change, and we're like, okay, people want verification. We are going to give them verification because numbers are unbelievable, but idea is to now can we do it again and again because you can do it with one creative and you can do it great but can you do it with any random let's say video or experience and put it outside will people engage with it if you can do it consistently then you have something that is going to work for everyone and you can productize it if it is one off then it is a service business then you have to again go back to the drawing board for every project that you do right and then we repeated it again and again with multiple customers we tried we kept it doing till the time we got the enough results saying no it's not just one off thing it is the impact of the interactive layer that you're creating around it's a journey that you're taking them through and that's keep them engaged so what was this first video about what product uh, or what was the video concept this was so actually two things happened simultaneously there was there was some movie release a uh, movie release for i think bad boys that was one and i think right after that there was mercedes came up with the first campaign So Bad Boys was like a teaser of Bad Boys in which they had like Will no, no. Smith. So it was a complete. You you had a trailer. You had the review. You had the quiz. You could quiz it. You could do all of that, and you could then go and buy tickets. So what we started asking was the question. Instead of just a trailer, it was an interactive trailer where there was a quiz also, and you could watch a video review also. Yeah. Everything, so everything, so everything that you needed to make a buying decision at that point of time. And what was the Mercedes campaign about? Mercedes campaign was oh, Mercedes was even more beautiful. Mercedes was Mercedes came with what well, when we first saw the video, they had linear videos, and this was just a lovely video of car going. Everyone has, I mean, everyone has car launch animation and all of that. Fine, you like you. We said fine. Take a video. But they had two models. They had the long wheel base and the coupe. And within the models, they had they had variant color variants and there's no color variants. So was we suggested that why not see colors? Nobody looks at a video and says I can do colors. But we suggested that like maybe that because colors is a huge choice. It's a it's it draws people in into seeing. First thing that people want to see is is it available in my color? हाँ हाँ लाल में कैसे दिखती है? दस ही कैसे दिखती है नॉलेज? Let's see we did that. This was again the customer and you know how everything works. We are the because you are a technology that nobody wants, so you are the lowest in the priority. So everybody thinks, चलो इट को बिल लेट्स टेल देम एंड दिस विल हैपन इन दे विल से टू मंथ्स और थ्री मंथ्स इट इज एरिवेड आउट ऑफ़ क्वेश्चन. In forty-eight hours, everything was ready. So now you have a thing that, and again, this goes out. This plays out. And this was for uh, driving test drives, or what was it? No, like this was. Uh, this is during COVID. Book a uh, book a car. Book a uh, book a car, and uh, you can go to the showroom visit from there. And the, uh, the whole idea was giving a handshake to the you know thing. The performance was like before Kappa. Mercedes would see an engagement rate of about zero point three percent, zero point four percent. With Kappa, at peak, it went up to seventeen percent. Okay. Then this was not a single video. When we talk about multi-stream, this was 
12 to 15 videos playing as a single ad unit. Yeah, yeah, because you would need some intro, then each model, okay, there would be a couple of videos, couple of colors. Yes, each, this, all of this, and choice driven and all of that. We were doing all of this and we were manipulating it. We were creating, not manipulating it, we were orchestrating it. We were bringing it together. And that happened. And, and this actually won the award also for Mercedes as the breakthrough technology of the year which delivered almost 50 million data points on user behavior that was never unlocked before in a video. Like what color do men like? What color do women like? What colors do men women like? Women like what time of the day? What time of the week? What is good for me? What does Delhi want? What does Pune want? What does this want? What does that want? And that was, you know, and will it sell? Finally, will see so far, you so far the behavior in the market has been Oh, they will see something now they'll come and click on it and after that I go and then you realize that this is a 98% drop off and there's just one one point of truth like one point of truth huh? yeah, there's just one link you can click like buy now or visit the website or whatever find out more yeah, so a lot of people realized it was uh, I didn't want to do it here somebody's coming making choices figuring out a journey all of which gets mapped and aggregated as journeys and user behavior okay which is which might be untrue for one or two people but for thousands and millions it is not okay and all of this is now data that's getting packed and the brand gets to understand and and as it grows at its as it grows you start to see patterns and you start to see patterns of patterns on consumption patterns on viewing and then obviously this is not what we can tell you but there are patterns that where they realize that when people will buy there is a particular user behavior that happens before somebody makes a choice please understand please the simple solution was brand. We were trying to say that brand in a, a customer attention to brand engagement. So that has what solved. And we are now delivering so much more that it was mind more. And that is where the question started happening. So it's good for us to do this. But how do you build a product which the world can use? When did Mercedes come in? Like when was that campaign done? This was, I think, December, November 2020. November 2020. November 2020. No, sure. So that would have been like a breakthrough moment, right? Like like when there was proof of product market fit, so to say. This was still not product market fit. This was still early days. This was more like uh, more like that you've got some sort of pull. That's it. Or you've got some sort of validation in the idea saying it works. But it is still not product market because we have not actually solved the product in that transaction. What you have solved is the output of the product. Hmm. When did you reach that product market fit? Like, what would you, like Shubham, you said that this was not yet there. So according to you, what do you define as the moment you reached product market fit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that happened in somewhere in March last year. I'll not still call it product market fit, but I'll call it product user fit, where one of the user of the product came to me and started doing things that we had not imagined when we were creating Kappa. Okay, and me and Harsha were sitting, and ha- this is exactly the words of Harsha. This is what is And that's when we realize, okay, okay, so, so the product user fit exists, given some basic level of understanding of what Kappa is. People can create things that we cannot imagine. And there's a, of course, there's a, Kappa is like a sandbox environment where you come and you unleash your interactive uh, in- imagination and you eventually go to the market. I think when we talk about now product market fit, that's where I think we have to break it down. What type of market? So, so far we have talked about advertising as a market, right? Where one of the advertiser wants to do a campaign and take it outside. I think by the face looks of it, we had reached the product market fit in that industry and it is still going on for us. It's a strong revenue stream and all. And then after that, we went on to hit upon the other market that is your own audience that you already have. 
and now you want to engage and re-engage with them in a very different with different metrics and KPIs in mind. Example, let's say I'm an e-commerce brand. I am acquiring customers left and right, but I'm also seeing a churn at my customer base. And there, there you have you've got a team dedicated to just to ensure that people don't churn. You you're doing you've got a data science team, you've got all the product team working together to ensure that these guys come and uh, either you increase their average card value or they at least come to the website and look at your catalog again and again. Can I re-engage with them with a different experience that Kappa has to provide? That's a different market, right? And then I've talked about this and there's a different market like market research. Can I, so far I've been asking you simple yes or no question or quiz question like my MCQs and all in front of you. Very boring service per se, which no one fills actually. You're saying that an e-commerce company can use it to re-engage. Give me an example. What kind of company could do what kind of campaign? Or like a, you could give a live example also, something which has actually been done. I'll give you two, three examples. First one, let's say you start with e-commerce. You've got a new collection on your store and you want to tell your existing users that we've got a new collection. How about you come and shop? Idea is you're still doing Again, some sort of awareness campaign with your user base. You've got two ways. Either you can send me a notification and show me a banner, or you can send me a rich Kappa experience where I will engage and go through a journey. And while I'm watching the video, I might just add something to the cart while, let's say, I will click on your shirt and take it, pick it from there. That's one. Sec second, let me pick it from PFSI, bagging example. You've got premium customers, right? HNIs and all. And you want to engage with them. You've got a relationship manager who is maintaining that relationship and sending them new financial product or giving them monthly update or something. This communication that you're sending out, either it can be a PDF or it can be a face recording of the relationship manager who is now talking to the end consumer and giving them all the daily reports. It helps in optimizing the value for the end consumer that you're engaging with. Uh, or even a support bot. Like you have these chat-based support bots, you like a bank could invest. It might be a slightly big investment, but they could invest in a video support bot. They can, but we have not moved into that particular market yet. I think it requires some different sort of build as well before we try to conquer that. We have clearly stayed in the marketing, remarketing and sort of like a re-engagement kind of a zone so far. And what we are understanding, like all the digital first companies are doing this cohort analytics, they're doing lots of data stuff where they understand their audience more than the audience themselves. And it is a right time to, I think hit would be the bad word, but it's right time to send them the right experience, which is in tandem with the behavior that they're showing and not just one mass video. I would say so far with the communications that Com companies are doing with the customers, it's more like a mass media approach, like Doordarshan. You would have one channel which will be shown to anyone. With Kappa, it's more of a personalized on-demand kind of an approach where I choose what I want and then, of course, you do some recommendation, but based on the choices, then I move forward on the journey. And I'm always going on a journey. I'm never like, you're not just hitting on a, with a discontinuity in my life. You're just taking with a journey. And once that journey is complete, you had my attention all along. You are accomplishing some sort of brand action out of it. Can you customize the landing video itself? Like, so say a, a brand sent out an email to re-engage customers and customers clicked on the link, which opened a video. For mm -hmm. Could, for example, Delhi-based people see a different video than Bombay-based people? Or could women see a different video than men? Absolutely. If you have some kind of... Let me go one step further. If it is raining today, then maybe you will see a very different theme than when it's sunny. Or if I am your repeat customer who has an average cart value of, let's say, more than 500 rupees, 
you will see a different experience than the other guy who is probably a hot lead or something how does uh, how does this happen from a technology perspective how do how, how does the kappa server know that this is a customer with average like like who, who spends more than 500 rupees per order integrations like our customers already have these systems that are already keeping track of these profiles and managing them in cdps and all Kappa just hooks into it and what is the CDP? Customer data platform. Customer data platform is something that is profiling you always, maintaining anonymous, non-anonymous. So there'll be like a username and then behavior about the user, like average order value and location, gender, age. All that profile is maintained. So let's say if I were to imagine, let's say big system like Facebook, just example hypothetical in nature you've got your activity on facebook you've got activity on instagram and you've got activity on whatsapp if let's say these three activities are mapped to one id then all these activities are so saved as one profile they're not like three different profiles and one third party can come in and hook into this profile take the data that is required and sh um, customize the, the experience for you the way they want. All this while this is happening, it is to ensure that the data privacy standards are maintained and even the platform or the customer who is buying Kappa is also is co in compliance with the rights of the end consumer. So that's where the majority of the work goes. In. I think that's a major part. But most of the, these things are solved with integration with the existing systems or platforms that customers are already running. And while we're talking about it, we are just talking about large enterprises over here. There's another market that is SME market, which we have not touched upon so far, where which is more like the Canva market. Anyone is a designer and all. This, I think we're going to discover it together in the next session. Whenever we come up with, we can give you more insights about it. Still early signs of how people are using it and how they're getting value out of it. But yet to scale. What is the pricing right now? See, uh, Kappa is built on, it's built on usage subscription plus usage kind of model where hosting and usage is what we call it where you come in you get a basic so as of right now there is no limitations on building anything you can just go to kappax.io simply sign up and simply start building things and all now after that comes in where people say that oh, i want to ship it to our enterprise customers talk about shipping it to hundreds of thousands of the users now depending on what they want to do and we and there is we didn't want to limit it by saying itne click milenge so many clicks in this much so we said that our measure of doing it is place how many times do you want this to get played and we will charge you only on place on the basis of place so tiers for smaller businesses start upward of uh, or medium businesses start for upwards of thousand dollars and upwards of thousand dollars enterprises have a higher purchase point at about $10,000, $15,000. And we're talking about customers that we have today from the Middle East, from Europe. And now we are just about venturing into America. And this is a postpaid or a prepaid? Like they have to load a wallet or like you said, they have a monthly it's it's a wallet that you, so it's always prepaid. You estimate the amount that you want. And let's say if you hit the, if you hit your uh, quota, then you always, you get an, you can always buy add-ons. Or if you think that you're constantly hitting your quotas, then you can upgrade. So you upgrade to a higher tier, you get more. You can, and that's, uh, and it, we've always, and we've always encouraged our customers to start small and pay and grow as they, as their businesses grow. Add to this a uh, little anecdote. You've had large financial institutions coming in, uh, who's come in and said that they wanted to try it at a smaller scale. And I will not name the client because, uh, you know, and they tried and then it said like can we scale it to 100,000 or 8x that's not a problem now the demand is that can it integrate into my core banking 
and be shown to every customer. And we are talking about millions and hundreds of millions of this now playing this out. That is how impactful that they see Kappa. And this is something that we're working on right now. So, but that is how impactful that everybody sees this as happening. And this is where it's going to be. Similarly, you know, when when, uh, when people have asked us about the technology scaling and all, we've not seen like customers have gone from 200. And there's something, the behavior that we realize. Teams are now coming in, building something, not waiting for everything, not waiting for 100% of things to get, get in place. They have 60% things. They come and start building it. They put it out. They start testing. They figure out what's the user behavior like. They collect and they refine that. They go to the next thousand. They refine it. And when they think that they have the magic formula, boom. And copper is elastic enough to expand like that. You you started your early onboarding by building for them and then giving them an account where they can edit. So when did it move to self-service? Like, tell me about that journey. November, December is when we uh, launched our SaaS for public self-service. Yeah, self-service for public beta. And we've seen, we've seen a fantastic, like, I think we, uh, we can also expand the timeline. I think when... Last year in June or July, we had started giving out this early access to our known people, known companies. They were trying it out and giving us constant feedback. And then after that, when we perfected it out for a couple of months, we said, okay, let's put it out to public. Right now it's public and anyone can go sign up. And we have not started actually monetizing it at all. It's free for the users. They can sign up and start using it and then get in touch with us if they want to scale it to a level where they think that the free tier is not enough. Right. Also, uh, we have kept it in a manner like, Initially, when we were pricing it, we said, let's not do seed-based pricing at all because then you are putting a penalty for adoption at the customer level. Example, you are my customer, you've got, you understand every experience you buy Kappa. And then when you want to add a teammate, you pay extra money for it. And then that's when you realize that, okay, why should I pay for it? Let me just share the account or restrict the usage. We said, that's a penalty on adoption. How about we, we we ignore that part and we... When one step ahead, we said, okay, how about we almost give all the premium features for free in this premium account so that they can, they are equipped enough to build the best experiences. And then after that, just charge for the usage at the end where, let's say if you are a very small customer, which has only 100 customers or 100 people, audience of 100 people, then you just pay a very minimal amount. You don't have to get into a huge lock-in with a tier and everything else. But if you're a large enterprise, then you just get a, a play-based zero over there. So it's a, it's like a one-size-fits-to-fit-all kind of a pricing that scale itself along with the customer base. Basically, number of times that the video is played is what the pricing depends on. It doesn't That's matter right. how many team members, how many videos. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because you want to encourage more team members to come and you want to encourage them to create more videos. And only monetize once they are actually hitting eyeballs. Yes, yes. So we get the value when you act, they actually create the value out of Kappa. So this is also from the what we've seen in the past. At least my television and everything is all about collaboration. You build great products as teams. There's not one single person who's doing it, right? What is the problems that we're solving? A, you're bringing teams together. B, you're saying that iteration is not a problem anymore. Agility is not a problem anymore. So why? So we didn't want to build any penalties there on adoption. We didn't want to build penalties on penalties there. So those were the kind of things that we focused on. And we said that if the product is delivering for you and it's growing your business and it's creating impact, you will automatically want to scale. And that's what we're seeing today. Like when people see it and they're like, wow. What is the, like when you ask what has changed that bot thing, video bot thing. Today, even the most ordinary website has a meet and greet kind of a thing, which is Atriti Devo Bhava kind of a thing. 
where somebody comes in and says, walk into my shop, I can tell you what it is. There's a personalization that has come. This was not there before. And I can change this on the fly. I don't need to be sitting with this. Now that's where we have changed the game for folks. And, you, and, and this is where we are and different behavior patterns from different people across the world. You're seeing different audiences in the Middle East have a very different way of uh, approaching it. Uh, audiences in Europe have a very different way of approach. Audiences in the US is now where we are very supremely focused on entering. And what is your current revenue rate? This year, inshallah, if everything goes right, God's grace, we should do about upwards of 200,000. Amazing. Okay. And what's the roadmap for revenue? Like, say, by 2025? So, 2020, the next four years, we don't foresee a problem in getting to 20 million. Amazing. Okay. I'm saying, and that is a very conservative approach. And I think you're not factoring in your direct-to-consumer, like the Canva SME audience in that, no? that, that. Yeah, yeah. So, we're not. So, so, we're not. This is what we, with what we know today. There's like the enterprise audience. Yeah. 20 million doesn't look like a, look like a problem at all. Like, you know, people, so... This is the thing that, you know, about our business that Shubham and I sometimes, you know, people ask us, we've signed up our large clients first. We know our revenues are coming from there. We know that there are alternate revenue streams. We don't, and people ask us, what is their one area of growth? Actually, honestly, we don't know here. Um, we're still too early to that game. Uh, we know that the first $100,000 or $200,000 has come from A, B, C, D, E, F, right? With the SME now, you're absolutely right, Akshay. It opens up a different market altogether. A scale that is so unprecedented that we don't even have an idea of where it will reach. And that is a discovery process that we know. You know, there's a joke that we were showing when I were talking about. There'll be no unicorn. There's only sweet corn and decacorn. We know what we've built and we know that this is the product now is ready to scale. There is nothing else. And People ask us about this. This is a blood, sweat, tears and hard-earned money that has gone into this. That is why we are very confident that this bloody works. There is no product like this in the world. You can bring on anything. Okay. So, and have you raised funds so far? We at this point, so when we first went out, when we first went out, it was too fantastic to talk about. And we had a choice, and especially in a COVID environment. We would have said that 10 months, 8 months to raise funding and then getting into it or saying that we believe this, we think that this is true. Let's put our mind behind it. And I think that was one of the best calls that we have made. That we know that we wanted to back this. We didn't want to wait. We said that time is something that we want. To. And now we are seeking partners, seeking partners to grow. The next phase of growth where we now, it's very revenue-led. Even on the product front, the mind-boggling things that we are trying to now execute, which just in a bunch of guys, and, and I say this on behalf of Arun, Harsha, Shubham, Bharat, uh, the rest of the team, everybody that I can talk about, we're a bunch of guys having fun. We're a bunch of guys having fun. We cannot, we're enjoying uh, what we're doing. We're enjoying the wow that we're seeing. When customers come back and say, first, I'm seeing, you know, when people ask us, you know, today, even in the advertising market, let me come back. People say, zero, market average is 0.5%, 0.6%. We say, how much, what's the lowest benchmark we can do? 4% se kam to dekhi nahi raha ko. <laughs> and you have to be really bad to get to those kind of numbers. 
you have to be do you really even need funding now because you have enterprise business which would help you fund your fa- next phase of growth until you reach a stage where you really want to go all in on the consumer business the canva business like, like i would say the prosumer business that is probably where you would need funds right before that yes and no akshay yes and no funding is not just about funding here it's not just about pure money if anybody is saying pure money doesn't interest us i think we've crossed that stage you're absolutely right anybody who says take money not interested tell me what more can you do how will you save us time if you can save us time if you can create access for us if you can create opportunities for us it makes it interesting do we need partners like that we need partners like that we, we don't have everything in place right let's be honest about it we don't have everything in place and there is an opportunity that we can create and there is an opportunity and and uh, and no quote and this is not by design but this is not by fate but by design that we wanted to be no code and all of that today when when people talk about no code and they talk about and and we have we have venture capital from different parts of the world approach people who understand that you are building a global product that the world can consume so we you know and when you know and when they talk about the numbers there we are fairly confident about what we are doing we didn't want to expand so before we knew it we were already being seen in middle east before we know it there's a large customer who's wanting to adopt us and large when i said large it's a fortune 500 company that so we to adopt us in the us when we talk about we are already being adopted by some of the largest banks we are already being adopted by very large institutions educational yeah absolutely you don't need money basically we need yeah. money we need but more than money we need the right partner somebody who brings in some expertise that we don't have so there are two types of growth that we can go on that's the first one is revenue first strategy go for the big guys and all this and then use that to fund the next set of growth actions that we have i think that uh, something that we want to play out parallelly is product led growth where we are targeting the prosumers while we are earning revenues over there but i think for the initial stage it's not going to be enough to pour in money into this one that's where we will need good amount of cash at hand instantly which we can invest into that and grow from there because for prosumers you will ne- again and also need to then spend on customer acquisition like yeah that and will... someone has to subsidize that acquisition and and the lifetime of the or that kind of prosumer right and we have seen this we are seeing this playing around multiple times it's straight out of the playbook you got notion you got figma yep so so i think there there we will require some sort of helping head initially yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i would say your prosumer market will eventually be probably triple of what your enterprise market would be oh yes i mean the sooner we realize that it is better for us and we have also acknowledged that internally and publicly everywhere and teams are also aligned to make that happen right now this was the spotlight presented by the podium to listen to more such interesting conversations log on to the podium.in